um, yeah, kind of like a, a uh, graduation type speeches. Uh -huh. And he's talking about kind of a magazine and he's trying to sort of describe a magazine to him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And uh, this magazine, which is like a kind of uh, like floppy kind of uh, large format, thin kind of sort of book. Uh, kind of like a tablet, a book, but you can't swipe yeah, on it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? a, a book. And a book is uh, this, this thing made of paper with writing all over it. And it's just kind of just sort of digging deeper into kind of, yeah, trying to explain kind of all this old technology. Old tech. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's frightening, isn't it? The, the You know, seeing kids there like having tantrums and just kind of swiping swiping the hands because they, they they want to be on on the phone and they're not allowed or <laughs> kind of looking yeah. at a magazine and trying to make the pictures move or tapping the screen to make it play the videos or yeah. Yeah, it's it, worrying. I, mean, I mean crikey the advances in tech over the last 30 40 years it's just it's just crazy really yeah yeah absolutely it's uh, uh yeah we, we're, we're privileged to be part of the on, on this end of it i think oh absolutely yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I was talking to someone the other day about the uh kind of my my formative years my dad was a music producer so he, he had uh an atari st was his right. uh you know his kind of his, his music machine it was, it was absolutely top of the line he'd had it upgraded to 2.2 megabytes of ram and it was you know that thing was <laughs> storming Mm. No, no hard storage on it whatsoever. Everything's on floppy disks. And I'm like, hang on, I've got, you know, a machine that I can upgrade to 64 gigabytes of RAM if I, you know, I so wish yeah. to pay the extra 70 quid or whatever it is. To, you know, <laughs> just yeah, mind blowing. Mind -blowing that, yeah, that it pace is. of just you know, 35 years of uh, of that time scale. It's nuts. Yeah, you know, these things. Just mm. you know, <laughs> yeah. we could be doing this whole thing on on one of these easily. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, very yeah. Think of the sort of the size of the tech here that that phone has replaced. Yeah, mm. the, the, the 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 film camera, the ah. VHS recorder. Yes. The you know, display unit, the, you know, the computer, the storage, the music player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's then the communication and yeah, yeah, it's navigation. Yeah, yeah. And if you've got a phone with all the kind of the bells and whistles in terms of sensors, you know, magnetometers and gyroscopes yeah. and the like, spirit yeah. levels, you know, all kinds. Yeah, extraordinary. And then if you've got a fancy oh, yeah. thing like Jamie's got with the you know, infrared camera built in, ah, or you, okay, or you get one of those. Which is the Wallabot, which really? just sticks on the back of your phone, and it's got uh, an array of radar scanners, so you can see into walls and things like a <laughs> super fancy um, stud detector. Amazing! Instead of just the normal beep, you can see what what it is, whether it's a pipe or a cable or whatever. I've, I've never ever used one of those things that either didn't tell you the whole wall was live. <laughs> Oh, there was nothing there at all, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I tell you, for for hundred and odd quid, that that thing's fantastic. Yeah, it's, um, it plugs into your phone. They, well, they do a wireless one now, yeah. but it um, plugs into your phone, do. and then it, it it will show you. Um, it gives you like live tracking, so it'll decide whether it's a pipe or a cable or a stud. 
Incredible. But then it shows it on your phone screen, so as to whereabouts it is. So I was skeptical until I bought one. Do you need to do a video about that? <laughs> yeah, fortunately, they, they've uh, their marketing's convincing enough to get me to buy one. So okay, they've, uh, they've already got some good stuff out there. <laughs> I think I saw something earlier. It was a, a wireless calorimeter, uh, not calorimeter, colorimeter. Colorimeter, yeah. Yeah, so you can actually kind of just pop it onto you. You want to know? Oh, that shade of purple on that paint, mm. and it's just like you just pop it on on your phone. It'll tell you the Pantone codes for for that paint. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, we, I, we, back in the day, we used to have those to attach to to calibrate your screen doing yeah, photographic course, work yeah. for. Um, yeah. yeah, I've got one. I don't. I, I don't use it enough. No, I'm not enough well, yeah, at the moment. The, if you pay enough for the screen, they tend to come calibrated these days automatically for you. So yeah. Yeah. I think um, James from Molten Make, I think it's got uh, one that self calibrates. Yeah. Um, which is it's got like a pop-out thing that something or other Ooh, yeah. yeah yeah pretty slow pretty slow yeah it's a fancy fancy one <laughs> just make, make a note yeah we've done we, we've done I our mention james yeah i was gonna say we've got to get it out <laughs> get it out early soon as he was, he was upset last week so <laughs> sure he we'll was on the show before the end yeah well, I mean, Peter, you've got—I mean, you—you—you uh, you've got back into the film photography, I believe. With, uh, well, courtesy of James, yeah, I do—I do—I did have. In fact, it, it it ended up being faulty. I, I bought a Polaroid SX70. Um, we we should talk a little bit about Maker Central. I know I know you very generously had mm -hmm. me on with a few other folks to to chat about the the post show come down. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we were we were sat in the bar on the Sunday night, I think, wasn't it? Uh, uh, and James had what I had to ask. Is that SX70? And it's got, it's that sort of very specific, sorry, excuse me, leaning away from you for a second, very specific shade of tan leather. Yeah. <laughs> Which is remarkably similar, I have to say, to my iPhone cases. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had to have one of these. Uh, I never had one back in the day. I used to be a professional photographer. And when I was at college, these were all the rage. Um, because these are you know, incredibly sophisticated single lens reflex cameras. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the one I the the one I originally purchased uh, turned out to be not functioning as I expected. Uh, I I returned it. It turned out the guy I bought it from. I didn't realize when I when I made the purchase is only. Um, 20 minutes down the road from me. So I, I very, very kindly, he said, oh, you can pop it around. You know, I've, I've got another one for you. We'll take it back. And needless to say, it worked perfectly when I returned one. Uh, when I went back. <laughs> anyway, we got this other one. I, in the meantime, of course, I'd burned through four packs of film <laughs> trying to get the thing to work. Anyway, uh, I still haven't got tried this one yet, so I'm sure it's fine. But no, it, it, it was an uh, interesting chap. He was a French guy, and he was an ex-photographer as well. And um, he'd gone on to doing other things uh, like me. And I was trying to explain the, the concept of, of Patreon or member platforms to him. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, you, you get that. You, say, you tell people you're a YouTuber and you get that. Well, how do you make any money out of that then? 
and well you know there's there's adverts that you get a share of the revenue and there's you know things like patreon oh what yeah i sort of heard of that what's that well you know you <laughs> get people who who like what you produce and they send you money every month and he had that look why 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 would they do that i mean people do that yeah why, why would they do that yeah that was it exactly you know he just just you know, and I understand it. I absolutely understand it. But mm. yeah, it's that, it's that sort of baffled. It's like that Monty Python sketch where you know the the merchant banker can't get over the concept of kindness, okay. <laughs> and and it's 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 yeah, it's a it's a remarkable again, remarkable thing that people do, and I am extremely grateful for it. But uh, yeah, as, uh, as we, yeah. Hmm? yeah, as are we. It's yeah, it's yeah, yeah definitely. Helps us to helps us to do it. I mean, for, and for you, it's 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 now your. I'm guessing probably the mainstay of your 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 earnings. It the the earnings. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, I always think of earnings like wheels on the wagon. You know, you you have as many as possible. So if one of them yeah. falls off, you can keep rolling along. And for me, uh, it, it, there are about basically four four wheels on the wagon. I don't really do sponsored brand deals anymore i've done one and that was kind of enough i've just quoted for another one I, I don't see that one flying to be perfectly honest um but yeah basically it's it's youtube adsense um the ads that everybody skips past uh, generates a uh it's actually 55 45 split in the creator's favor which is you know, fair it's not too bad it's not too bad um uh, uh, there's my own products there's Patreon or member platforms, and there's affiliate income. Sort of, obviously, Amazon is the is the big one of that. Mm-hmm. But I've I've forged relationships with with other companies whose products whose products I enjoy, uh, and I'm very happy to promote those for a small percentage. You know, yeah. Fantastic. But yeah, I mean, yes, the 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 uh, membership side of things. I've I've moved away from Patreon. I've, I've moved into my own. Started doing my rolling my own, as it were, uh, <laughs> about a, almost a year ago, um, uh, and that's working out very well. And it'll, it's it's bigger than the the YouTube income now. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I suppose it's it's a double edged sword, I would imagine, isn't it? it? You know, it's a if someone's already on Patreon and supporting other creators, it's easy to just throw in the extra to another creator yeah but i suppose that the the other side of that sword is that when someone's cutting down other spends they're more likely to cut down on the mm. patreon spending yeah. than pa- another separate yeah patreon's fantastic it's it's the original uh membership platform mm. and the brand in itself it's, it's, sorry it's, it's i've got a fly yeah exactly exactly Exactly, uh, but uh, once you realize, there's there's a many many issues with it depending on what you want to do with it, and mm. if you just want people to, if you just want a platform where people can pay you a little bit of money and you can put out a post to your patrons regularly, whether it's an after show or, or whatever other exclusive content, then that works very well. But it is so us centric it's it's painful yeah. uh 
Um, there are no currencies in the world other than US dollars and euros. Um, there are no methods of payment other than PayPal. Mm. Uh, if, if you're not based in the US, like we are based in the UK, um, it's, it's a very expensive platform uh, yeah. to operate on. Uh, by the time you take Patreon fees, platform fees, uh, payment processing fees, yeah. the, the fees, all that added together works out in my case was sort of 20, 22 to 24% roughly of everything that was contributed was getting eaten, swallowed up in, mm. in fees in one way or another. And that was a, that was a decent chunk of change. So, uh, a year or so ago, I, I, as an experiment, uh, I thought I'd try and see if I can spend that money better. So I started mm. my own member platform and it's, it's working out okay. The, the other thing with Patreon, of course, is, and it took me a while to realize this, is that you're, you're helping dig their moat for them because the more people you have on the platform, the less likely you are to move somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, the penny drops, man. Yeah, that's a that's a really clever business strategy. But I don't want to be part of that. Because again, again, you know, there, there are, uh, as we'll probably discuss in my list of topics later on, um, one of the niggles with them with anything like this is that you don't really have your own business. You have a little part of somebody else's business, yeah. whether you're yeah. operating on YouTube, whether you're operating on Patreon. And changes that they make on their platform can, can really affect mm -hmm. what you do and your income. Um, for example, you can't do any kind of giveaway on Patreon because it contravenes gaming laws in Arkansas or... Yeah. somewhere i i don't know i don't care somewhere where i'm not yeah uh, and i understand why they've done a blanket ban on that because trying to manage the minutiae of <laughs> various gaming laws and you know all the, course, all the yeah. parts of the world is it be almost impossible but it still rankles you think well what's what's that to do with me kind of thing mm. so yeah there was that there, there, there's other things too it's only relatively recent that they've brought out things like VAT for anyone yep. that needs to do VAT. You know? Yep. Yeah. The, the, uh, yes, the, the, the standing fees are very high. So I, I went to a, I, I was invited ooh, way back 2018 or thereabouts to a Patreon UK um, meetup. Oh, wow. Sounds great. I wonder who I'll meet there. Wow, you know how how big is it? It was a it was in a room above, above a pub, um, just, just <laughs> off, just off uh, Old Street roundabout. You know that, and there were nine people there. Two of them worked for flipping Patreon. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, anyway, both the, the, creators the, from the UK. There. Exactly. Yeah, the one of the the one little pro tip that I took away from that was that the platform fees are actually very high. So if you have a, a one pound or one dollar tier on your Patreon, most of that's going to get swallowed up in platform fees. So mm. two, two pound or two dollar minimum is the uh, is the table stakes for those. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, because there's sort of a, a bit of a culture of 
kind of creators with that you know kind of that that one pound or one dollar tier to kind of all support each other in that sense of yes you know kind of i don't know i've done the same um yeah in previous years of you know kind of friends starts patreon up on yeah. you know chuck one into the hat kind of thing and yeah yeah you know, unfortunately that they don't get much of that if it's a if it's a, that sort of level they don't yeah. i mean it's literally pennies that they'll be getting from a for a one pound donation um the mm -hmm. two pound tier makes much well, two dollar tier makes much more sense uh, but then you know it's about supporting each other and yeah getting yeah, access to each other's member content which is always interesting to see yeah that's true depressing in some ways too my, my youtube pal keith brown um I'm a, yeah, we're, I'm a, i've got a little whatsapp chat group and we'll, we'll roll on each other's patreon things and uh, i get you know keith brown's inviting you to early access of his and it's tuesday Fucking hell, i haven't shot mine yet <laughs> videos coming out on friday i haven't even got near to do with mine Jeez. <laughs> Slow down, you're making us all look bad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I was gonna say, this, sounds like, this sounds like potentially quite a good a good thing. Uh, it's, it depends on what mood you're in that week, isn't it? I suppose, you know, some weeks true. might be... Yeah, yeah very true. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. got it out. I'll, 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 get, I'll get that edit finished. Get it out. And, I don't know. Like, How on earth? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's difficult trying to manage your own schedules in mm. comparison to other people's because we're all all working at a slightly different rate um there's a lot to be said for pumping out a weekly video um but it's a lot of work to do and i'm not asking for sympathy or anything you know it's it, but it but it, <laughs> but it is you know it's a lot it is a lot of work uh, and i do do two two member videos a week as well mm. um uh, but uh, last year I did a, 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 I went to a fortnightly schedule, which is really comfortable, but definitely the channel dipped away. It definitely wasn't yeah. getting the same sort of engagement. Uh, and there are some very successful channels that only do a, a video a fortnight or a video a month. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll presume I'm not one of them, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm on, I'm back on the weekly treadmill for a while. I took, um, I took, January off. I didn't post anything in January, which is fantastic. And I think I'll take another break over summer, which should be sort of fairly soon, just because uh, I need I need time to concentrate on other things. Um, mm. Taking a taking a month off the. I still did the member videos, but I didn't post any public videos in in January, and uh, that was really nice to be able to concentrate on on products and things, other stuff long-term strategies for the channel and all that sort of <laughs> tedious tedious business stuff boring but important mm. um yeah straight out the marketing handbook yeah a little bit it's uh, you know I, I have a topic on the many uh, many i don't know how many words i wrote actually it's probably really, uh yeah one of the many topics i, I proposed was business or indeed podcasting for, for, for pleasure uh excuse me uh youtube or podcasting for pleasure or for business yeah. and uh, i'm i'm all business you know it, it's a it's a business like any other i do i do love what i do um but it's a business it's not like that though did it really do you think, do you think it started no. for you I, i've always been relentlessly commercial 
because I've never really made any money and I've <laughs> got to get the got to get a shilling turning somehow. Um, but it started off ooh, my seventh year, uh, 20, 2015, I posted my first video. Um, mm. uh, and then I did another one six months later, because you've got to be regular, <laughs> I was told. And then I did another one six months after that. So, yeah, consistent on, yeah. on the money. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I decided to give it a shot, posting a video a week for a year to, to see how to see what happened, basically. And uh, yeah, I, it, it started out, I was fairly active on a forum back in those days. And the question would always come up about shaker style panel doors, what's the best approach. And I had mm -hmm. my little, little technique for doing that. Uh, and I was, I used to be a photographer. So I was taking pictures of, of these things to illustrate the definitive guide to making shaker style panel doors. And I realized it would have been so much easier to take video of it instead. So, so I did. <laughs> And then I did a little top and tail to the video and I was going to call myself five minute woodwork, which is you know, <laughs> very snappy, but I, I was gutted that the, the first video was five minutes and nine seconds or something. Couldn't quite get it down to five minutes. Um, <laughs> it's like with anything and any hobby, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to do this until 11, oh, yeah. it's 11 or five. I better get until 12. Yeah. And anything <laughs> you enjoy, just round it up. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I did that. And then, uh, you know, you've done one, you've got to give it a fair shot, haven't you? So I, I committed to doing a video a week for a year uh, and to see what happens. And here we are, you know, yeah, <laughs> wherever we are, I don't know whether it counts as success or not. But uh, bizarrely, it's what I do for a living now, which is Pretty amazing. Well, I think I think that 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 alone says that that was yeah. successful. Mm. I mean, was that I mean, was that something that you thought could happen or would happen? Not initially. No, not in a million years. I, I was, yeah, I was far too old to start a YouTube channel. Far, far too old to be doing that kind of thing. And and yet here we are. Uh, I, it was the furthest thing from my mind. And then as you do more of it and you, you get a little bit of success, there's an old, an old Irish joke, but it's about drinking, about boozing. And it's, you know, if, if you miss a day's work because of the drink, because of the booze, and it's time to give up the work and YouTube was my booze, you know, the work was getting in the way. And mm. after a couple of years, getting on for three. The planets didn't quite align, but I could sort of slap a couple of them into position and uh, it, it decided it was, if, if not now, then when kind of thing. My wife had just retired. Uh, mortgage was paid off. I wasn't making enough money off, off the, the whole of the YouTube enterprise to, to, to continue to call it a living, but I figured I could do a little job a month kind of thing. Um, I don't, we, we, kind of we, yeah, that's right. Top up just to just to yeah. get me up. I've got, I've got a note somewhere. Um, in yeah, I did fourteen. Uh, the whole YouTube enterprise generated fourteen and a half thousand pounds um, in in the year before I decided to go full time. That was twenty nineteen. 
and I figured I'd need about 20 a year to to make ends meet. So I was kind of 6,000 short, 500 quid a month. That's a bookcase or a set of shelves or something. I could I could probably do that. Yeah. And then that would free me up enough time to to concentrate on on the YouTube stuff and see if we could grow that into any other meaningful thing. And yeah, it worked. Yeah, uh, you know, I did I did one one job in the January. I had uh, uh, my my last set of wardrobes already booked in for the February, and I never did another client work again. Yes, do you miss it at all? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I I I miss the regular making, but I don't miss the the business of. Yeah. Doing it all, I I, I did. I suppose a, there's, a fair... there's a difference, isn't there, between the, the challenge of building something to someone else's spec and the challenge of dealing with people from a business point of view when yeah. you're making something and trying to recoup and finding the work and and all the other thousand yeah. and one things that you have to do. Um, yeah, I, I I still do a little bit. I've got some doors to make of fit for my son for his kitchen and there's a little bit to do in the house which I'll do uh, mm. once the building work is done but no my my days of of, uh, of, work. of grinding out uh, uh, regular <laughs> fit of furniture painted an, uh, an entire oh, thankfully room green <laughs> mm. yeah absolutely no I don't I don't miss that aspect of it at all I don't really miss uh, making MDF boxes either because that's all they were really. They were just you know, in the nicest possible way uh, making MDF boxes and, and calling them furniture, <laughs> which is a certain skill in itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's back to marketing, isn't it? To be able to yeah. uh, <laughs> frame it correctly. Yes. Yeah. Anything can be simplified. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How many how many tools mm. you know in the, in the workshop are basically just a. A, a hammer or a chisel yeah, yeah. but everything's a hammer basically yeah <laughs> most things are chisels yeah. as well yeah <laughs> yes yeah it's just some old circular saw is just lots of tiny chisels spinning right exactly yeah mm -hmm. now one of those yeah in fact the very first sort of point you put on the notes that you sent which uh, yeah I must say yeah we don't, don't often get the uh, guests sort of sending us uh, suggestions for <laughs> we, we always ask actually we do always ask Tony okay. if yeah. some people do want to talk about whatever and normally yeah. we just kind of agree it beforehand in the sort of the pre-chat um which just goes to show how organized you are and which is probably yeah. why you, you mm. have become successful but you, you you kind of put make a central 2019 as a kind of a turning point for you mm. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's and that's where we we first kind of although I'd been following you for yeah. a few years but at that point right. I think that was the point where we kind of sort of met and started we first met and we, 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 hotel, and we chatted that's right yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah it, it's, it's clearly the turning point yeah it was it, it was it was because Welsh cakes is what made it yeah fun. absolutely yeah um it was and never no I've never really spoken about it publicly um but I'd had a Oh, I started doing YouTube um, in 2016, late 2016, and had a, you know, I was very happy with the success that I had in terms of views and subscribers and all that sort of stuff. And by the end of 2018, 
Um, the channel had pretty much flatlined. Uh, nothing I was doing was working. The, the wasn't growing. You know, the views were okay, but the subscriber growth was was back to you know a few hundred a month kind of thing, which is going back to the first sort of couple of months of the channel. And I I was at a slight loss as to what to do, and I we I'd had I'd started a podcast with Andy Mac, Castle Fenneman, uh, which was doing you know quite well in, in its own little way, and we decided to podcast, which if anyone's very much I think a UK makers podcast particularly mm. i think perhaps towards the more perhaps professional end of the sort of maker world yeah we we made the whole thing up as we went along so we whatever we yeah. no idea there's a, there's a familiar yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so it it sort of developed into into you know whatever we wanted to talk about really um, uh, and it was a, it was a it was a good show i think we we set a fairly high bar for production values if if you like we would have killed for this kind of stuff back then you know all this online business uh, but we were we were recording our own stuff and Andy was editing anyway we, it achieved a certain amount of success and we, we decided to spend the money on a on a stand at maker central i missed the first one in 2018 because i was in uh, New York got my it was on a bank holiday weekend I got the wrong the two bank holidays in May and I got the wrong one so we were already committed to going to New York I was I was the only person in Brooklyn wishing they were in Birmingham NEC um, <laughs> uh, so anyway we we had the stand booked and you know it was relatively expensive for just the two of us we were me and Andy were both working full-time at the time we had the podcast we had our own little YouTube channels and mine was dead in the water there was you know, there was just nothing going on and what just astounded me or took my breath away and andy's as well was that the number of people who came to visit us on the stand mm. we we i'd never experienced it uh, you know you make these little videos and you get good feedback from them and all that sort of stuff but to actually have people queuing up all day just to talk to you and to get a selfie with you is that's a level of, of <laughs> I mean, so I find it bizarre. Why, why would anybody do that for me? You know, it's, it's very, I'm incredibly grateful for it, but, but quite unlike anything else I'd ever, I'd ever experienced. So there was a real sense of imposter syndrome there mm -hmm. because I had these old people queuing up, saying how much they appreciated the channel and yet it just wasn't growing it was just completely flat and nothing happening and i'd actually met one of my early patreon supporters um uh, in fact his his mother had just passed away and he was just on a flying visit he came and chatted to me for a little while and you see so many people you always you know remember everybody and I got an email from him a couple of weeks later which laid out a roadmap and I, I'd had these thoughts already but they kind of crystallized them and and redefined them for me of what you could do with 
that level of interest in what you're mm. doing. So it wasn't about YouTube and YouTube's success exactly, whether that's views or subscribers or any of that, or, or AdSense income. But it was about growing an audience and doing something with that. And this leads into the, you know, the Kevin Kelly thousand true fans thing, what Mary Spender's been doing with her music channel. I know you talked about that with Carl mm -hmm. uh, and so many other people on, on YouTube and guys in the woodworking business as well. You know, the Steve Ramsey has his weekend woodworker courses and his, uh, uh, those I've, I've Going to forget the names now, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The there. Uh, and I realized then that you can do more than just YouTube. It's not just about YouTube. YouTube's fantastic, and producing ad-supported content will always be part of my overall strategy. But growing an audience of your own and taking them with you on your own little journey is a much more interesting way of doing it. Again, like we said a little bit earlier on with Patreon, you don't really have your own business. You've just got a little piece of Patreon or YouTube's business. Whereas if you can take those people down your own path, then you don't own them, but you can control where you're going much more readily. So yeah, it was it was a it was a pivotal moment for me, uh, mm -hmm. and it was then that I started concentrating on doing more regular um, Patreon videos, exclusive content. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was it was a uh, yeah it, it was a it was a turning point, it really was, and out of that then of course we got products and all kinds of other things which. Uh, came along to other distractions but uh, yeah it, 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 it was a it was a, a fascinating that 2019 weekend on that stand was a was a really a really pivotal pivotal moment um, mm. and yeah I've been to every other maker central that they've had with varying degrees of success obviously we've had the, the bizarre COVID years um, yeah, which took their toll yeah. in many ways. Very much so. Yeah. But yeah. it's—I mean, it's definitely—I mean, I can remember that that 2019. I was going to say the first make century was my first as well because I missed the, the previous year. And you, you and Andy were just jam-packed all all weekend. <clears throat> we didn't get off yeah. the stand. We yeah. arrived, you know, all bright and shiny on, on the Saturday morning, having sort of lashed it up in the bar. The night before, okay. inevitably. <laughs> Excuse mm -hmm. me. Uh, and you know, meeting people that you've never met before. I met we met Matt Smith, Badger Bookshop, for the for the first time in the bar there, and chatted to other people as well. And I kept seeing Matt Esley walking around. I must I must introduce myself to him. Uh, and we ended up just sort of waving to each other on the way out on the Sunday. Uh, uh, but it was a it was a great show. It was a. Yeah, it, mm. it was the first one of its sort of kind, really, wasn't it? Where it brought all the all the different kind of making things together. Not just yeah. woodworking, not just a trade show, not just people bashing metal or 
making unicorns out of hot glue or you know, whatever they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, think, yeah. I think the the 2019 show sort of is the or up until this year, I think it had been the kind of the benchmark because mm. it you know it, it had the lessons learned from the first show and kind of done a little bit more to bring you a little bit more to it and things and yeah. say so obviously going slightly awry with the COVID years, but uh, mm. yeah, I think that's where there's the turning point now. I think is is where it's kind of that uh that step along yeah it was a good uh, this year was a good show uh did, have you had a good time there you, you seem you seem to enjoy it yeah definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. exhausting but it was yes yeah very yeah. good yeah and again a little little bit what we were talking about before your business or pleasure if if you're there and working then it's a it's a slightly different vibe to it mm. i've never been just a, I, I would love to go just as a punter just as a as a as a guest and float around but uh <laughs> there's always been uh, other pressures other other needs yeah i mean the, the first two years that was uh i was at the first one so 2018 2019 i was there as as a punter um so it's only been the last uh the last two where i've been on the make the maker stand right so it, it's still i mean that's relatively laid back for us in that sense that's hmm. you know, high pressure and relentless constant stream of people it's still yeah. laid back in terms of we're not trying to make money from it or yeah. anything like that so yeah it it changes things and again it's one of the, the many topics uh whether you do it for, for business or pleasure mm. uh and if you if you if you're making one of those events a sales thing then it's definitely a very different sort of feeling you almost need absolutely yeah you need to be doing the sales pitches and you almost want somebody else there to be dealing with the order fulfillment and, and, and all that sort mm. of stuff. That, that makes it altogether a different kind of proposition rather yeah, than this year. Shop, this year yeah. I was, yeah, that's right. This year I was just doing a meet and greet. So wasn't trying to yeah. do any sales or anything like that, which is really nice. Mm. Yeah. But that changed, I mean, that must have changed the vibe for you because last year you were, you 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 sold a lot of stuff. You, I mean, you yeah, I had a I had a big stand last year. Last year I was trying to do in twenty twenty two. I was trying to do. I was trying to get a big stand, and get some of the guys that I knew on it. Because I, you know, the the my products were doing quite well, and I could I could get a big stand in a prime spot, albeit at a price and for one reason and another not everybody that the timing just didn't work out for a number of people so we ended up on a, a big stand with relatively few people on it which means that just to kind of break even i had to do a lot of salesy kind of stuff and i had i shifted a lot of product and, and you know it worked out well in that regard uh, but it was a very different proposition from from this year this year was yeah. much more relaxed yeah much mm -hmm. much happier just just managing things like getting the stock there and trying to yeah. juggle you know i took far too much of one particular type we I had so much of it we couldn't get it in the car so fortunately somebody else took it away for me and then shipped it over to me so, so yeah it was uh yeah but all a bit stressful and you could do without it wasn't wasn't a, an awful lot of fun <laughs> that part of it <laughs> yeah. I, I think as well the, the 
setup on the Friday isn't too bad. It's, it's relatively calm and relaxed. Mm. But then the the kind of the stripped down Sunday night once you've had you know kind of two evenings in the bar and two yeah. full days of being flat out to then yeah. have to suddenly try and knock everything down and get it packed yeah. away in, in, in an instant is uh, yeah. heavy going. It, yeah, it is. I mean, we had a fairly, this year, uh, I was on uh, Stuart from Proper DIY stand and uh, it, was a, it was a fairly modest stand and just right, actually. Mm. So we didn't have much stuff there. No no sales. In fact, everything I had fitted on a one trolley. So a single trolley's worth. That was, that was me done. Yeah, so, yeah. Lean... <laughs> lean, lean production. Yeah, didn't quite work out that way for us, but I might. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, uh, yeah, depends. Depends what uh, what you're showing, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. same approach next year. Do you think? You, you, I think here? so. I think we're we we can't say too much about it. We're trying to get trying to get a few more people involved. We we had a a, a live chat thing on the Sunday morning, which was uh, very well attended. Uh, first time I've ever spoken in public, so again, you know, uh, more than more than a little imposter syndrome going on there. Um, uh, but no, it's great. It, one of those things, uh, Roberto Blake. Do you know him from one of one of the YouTube gurus? Yeah, when, when I was first set up on YouTube, um, he talked about people with only forty subscribers and how they grow their channel. And he said, well, you know, you get 40 people in a room and you've got to talk to them. You, you think that's a pretty big crowd. That's not a small number. No. And, and there were about 200 seats available in on stage two. And we had, most of those were taken and we had people standing around the edge as well. Yep. So, yeah, that, that it helps you kind of visualize things much more clearly when you actually get to see people you know how, how did that uh you know if, if you've talked in front of just over 200 people mm. how did that uh sit in your mind then when you looked at your next video release and thought how many people had watched that <laughs> that uh, comparison I, I, back I, I never gave it a second thought i've got to be honest um <laughs> Uh, but it's a very good point, and I probably should have done. Uh, certainly, it made me appreciate the the subscriber count that I have. And I know mm -hmm. it's always people with a couple of million subscribers who tell you that subscriber count doesn't count for much. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and yeah, I could have I could have filled that stage two a thousand times over <laughs> mm. with with my people, which is quite a sobering thought, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, as humans, we're, we struggle to, to conceptualize very large and very small. So mm. when you've got something like, it's like 40 or 200, it's, you, you can kind of visualize that. But mm. when you talk about millions of things, it's difficult to yeah. grasp that. Yeah, I, I try and sort of visualize that sort of thing in terms of sports arenas. You know, mm -hmm. the O2 will will hold twenty thousand people. You know that that's a crowd. Yeah. You know. Uh, it, it, it's it's that. Yeah, as, as YouTubers, we tend to kind of you know, we talk to a camera. Hmm. 
yeah, we're seeing a picture of yeah. If we've got a screen as well, yeah, we're we're seeing a picture of ourselves when we record something, and it's it's easy to forget that actually there's there's other people going to be watching this, mm. and I know sometimes yeah, I, I I tend to sort of think try and think of the camera as a person that I'm talking to if I'm, yeah. if I'm doing something to the camera because that kind of just helps to kind of make it a little bit more conversational yes in order to yeah. kind of just make it less stilted a lot of people struggle to talk to uh it's it's like anything else it's a skill it's mm. not something mm. that comes naturally to people to yeah. to talk to a camera to, mm. to or, or even and the whole then sort of stepping that up to like you say you're imagining a, a room with 40 people in it it's like from, from my teaching background here that yeah. typically a class in uk secondary school in most subjects is about 30 students yeah, yeah. and most teachers are, are used to that yeah sometimes it might be a few more yeah 32 34 35 yeah if, if you teach design technology it's limited to 20 if you teach sixth form it might be yeah less than 20 i mean it's, it's the smallest class i ever had was two students um right. and yeah the largest class i've ever had was i think 34 yeah and i don't know people have taught larger classes and it is it is a then taking that step up to talk to a crowd of 200 mm. a, lot, a lot of teachers won't be able to do that they'll, they'll talk in their class of 30 yeah. not at all but you ask them to stand on a stage in front of 300 students yeah it's like like doing the assembly rather than doing a yes yeah, yeah. They, they, they struggle to yeah. do that so it's actually yeah. it, it's a it's quite a shift in um just the mental place you need to be mm. in order to, to kind of talk to those people uh, mm. and to have the skills to do that it's it's not an easy shift for for I mean, some people find it easy like anything else there's, there's always people who kind of will yeah. step into it and, and just oh they've never talked in public yeah. before and yet yeah. here they are with a thousand people in front of them and yeah, yeah there's no nerves there's they're talking eloquently mm. they're they're not umming and ahhing they know there's no pause it's just I, I hate can't even do that on my own. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Talk to a camera, just a fifteen takes on the, and you've got a script as well. You know. Yeah, I know. I, I, some some people are just naturally gifted at doing that kind of thing. Some people can do it, but perhaps shouldn't. And for the rest of us, you just got to keep plugging away and. A lot of it's practice as well. You to hide it? your mistakes, basically. Yeah, you don't really get yeah. better at it. You just get to the point where you hide your mistakes well enough that only you notice. Mm. That's the pro tip there. I mean, that, that's music, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. the music the thing that everyone oh, says three. about. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, it, that's the thing, you know, it, not to stress about missing a note or something like that. Is mm. you know you've missed it, but everyone else listening is, is, is still immersed in it. If you if you flub a word or something like that, it's it's mm. not the end of the world, you know, usually. Usually, <laughs> yeah. De depending on the mistake. Yeah, President yeah. United States. Yeah, loving the word fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe a bit too political that one. Yeah. A bit no, too yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that one. Yeah, current state, <laughs> of, the, state of the world. Yeah. Wise plan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So you got so you got plans for you got plans for you you put in plan we won't push you on the plans yeah we'll we'll wait and see what you know, we'll, we'll uh, we've got a few irons in the fire yeah we would like to expand the general idea of of having the stand with 
everybody's favorite YouTubers on it. And maybe mm. those YouTubers aren't there for the whole weekend. Maybe they're there for a specific two hour slot and you can come and see them there if you like. I mean, after the, after we did our little talk, um, cause obviously they wanted us off the, off the stage pronto because they've got another group coming in. Uh, every, a lot of people came back to chat to us on our stand, which is really nice. We managed to block the corridor and got the fire marshals all <laughs> uptight and all that sort of stuff. And uh, it was, it was, that was a, just a really nice vibe to have mm. everybody there and chatting. And it would be nice if we could sort of extend that uh, to cover the, the whole of the weekend. Yeah, Not necessarily think... with everybody at the, everybody there at the same time, but it, yeah. People coming and going. There's a lot of merit in having, um, like you said, the, the kind of having the, the YouTubers that people want to come and meet in mm. a place. I think there's a lot of merit in doing that for the kind of the the audience that you folks kind of have. Yeah, it you was, know, it, I know that there is the the kind of the, the meet and greet YouTubers area and things, but that yeah. tends to be the, you know, oh, the, this person's got two million subs. This person's yeah. got it's, one and a half million. Subs. Yeah, it's it's, it's the Jimmy Doresters and the Colin Furzes and and you know, yeah, the Macromoders and those guys. And to be able to say, here's the approachable stand kind of thing. Yes, you know, <laughs> the, the YouTube elite versus the, the the YouTube middle class. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the, the content creators middle class. I did have that. Is uh, yeah, the creator middle class. That that is a. I wish I'd coined that phrase myself. That is, I did steal. Beautifully, that. you can put MC, and only listeners of the podcast will uh, will know that you mean middle class. Uh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very valid point though. Um, this um, the the phrase the, the creator middle class came from a guy called Charles Haynes, and Charles runs a talent agency called Ziggurat XYZ, who they represent some quite prominent uh, YouTubers. And I've been, he, he runs a, a, an annual uh, group um, mm -hmm. conference kind of thing, a summit. And I've been fortunate to be invited to, to all of them. And the, this phrase, the, the creator middle class, is, is one of his. And it's basically, to, yeah, exactly what it sounds like. We are not viral superstars. We are not, mm. you know, we're not assuming that we're those people who are going to be spectacular um, in, in terms of growth or views. But we do okay. It's yeah, you're the, you're nice. Supervisors and team leaders. It's of, nice and it's steady, floor. yeah. It's nice and it's steady, and you know, yeah, we we do all right out of the whole the whole game, the whole business, uh, uh, and it's it's. I think that more than anything is is what I would advise people to to try and do. Get look for that kind of sustainable growth, sustainable yeah. incomes coming from all this kind of thing rather than looking for you know it's lovely to have the the videos that take off and, and go mad but uh, it's, it's, coming it's, coming down the other side is a pain in the neck <laughs> yeah but it's, it's, it's also sort of plodding away and, and making learning as you go and making having a go at something it's not working having to go at something else but mm. just keeping going yeah 
keep showing up. There's there's a lot to be said for keeping showing up. Just just keep at it. Um, as always, there's there's a lot of contradictory advice about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, keep at it, but knowing what nowhere to quit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but keep showing up. Keep keep making the videos. You know, one of the benefits of doing a weekly video is that sometimes you're going to have a bit of a turkey and there's like another another round coming into the chamber next week kind another of thing. week yeah. uh, whereas if if you're on a fortnightly schedule as i found last year if you have a bit of a duffer and maybe you get two on the bounce then suddenly mm -hmm. it's like a month or six weeks before you pick up that momentum again whereas at least on a weekly schedule it keeps it keeps rolling around there there are different strategies for all this sort of stuff and they all work for different people um mm. whether that's that's, a, that's the that's the beauty of it in some ways isn't it, it it's, it's it, you see these kind of uh, channels that are you know follow me to find out your the youtube strategies it's like it, it's about pretty much anything that i mean they, they become successful because they are they're sort of trying to sell their yeah their approach to sort of youtube most of it's which the is pyramid scheme approach isn't it? Yeah. yeah um so they do really well at trying to get other people going but yeah that, that's perhaps another discussion but it is, i think it is that i think something that i kind of sort of learned quite a few years ago and and try and tell a few i've tried to tell a few people is that if just because somebody yeah some big name youtube strategy guy is saying yeah your videos need to be between eight minutes and 36 seconds and nine minutes 45 seconds mm -hmm. otherwise you won't be you know, the the algorithm won't you know, promote mm -hmm. you or anything like that it's like well no there's, there's plenty of successful channels that are doing 30 minute videos mm -hmm. 40 minute videos yeah. hour-long videos yeah there are plenty of people doing very well with sort of three or four minute videos mm -hmm. it's it's finding what works for you and the content you want to produce and if you do that and forget the word algorithm but start as you mentioned <laughs> earlier start thinking of it the audience yeah yeah and actually yeah. you might find a bit more success mm. well the thing is it, it's a ladder isn't it you know if, you, if you're climbing a ladder and you you've got foot on a rung and a hand on a rung you're not looking to the top of the ladder to try and get the next rung yeah so you know if you if you look at the people who are the next level up from you and see what's been working for them what their approach has been you're much more likely to to take that step to where they are and then you can have a look at the next rung above them mm. you know there's no point going from 10 subs to a million subs as your as your next goal on the thing because no gulf between those two is colossal <laughs> yeah it is and of course, I'm saying this is someone with no channel, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's finding a strategy, isn't it? It's, it's finding taking an approach, hmm. trying trying things. If it works, it works. If it stops working, try something else. Hmm. Yeah, if something else works. Try keep trying that for a bit, yeah. but don't kind of. I, I I think there's there's a huge number of very small channels that maybe don't give up too soon. 
they maybe try mm. a few things mm. they may sort of go oh i've got to have a fancy fancy intro and they do a fancy intro but they haven't got good lighting or good audio mm. or they're not grabbing the audience's attention yeah. it's very easy to get sucked into that share like and subscribe you know follow me style of things when actually yeah you just you just need to get the basics down to start with get get the story right mm. try and figure out who you're making the videos for what you want to say about yeah. some of the some of the best channels that i've watched uh, and perhaps we'll talk about those shortly because i know you want to chat about what we've been watching um uh, some of the ones that i really like are just people who who just do things they enjoy, but they do it so I have well. A lot to be said for that, yeah. <sighs> they do it so well. Um, like that was one of the things I was going to ask you. Is you know, you mentioned before about you know, kind of the shift from just grunt day job kind of stuff and not missing that now that you're doing mm -hmm. what you enjoy. And would you still pursue the YouTube thing? if it just became just work again and it wasn't something you enjoy you know if, if the level of enjoyment dropped down to the same as what work was that's a really interesting question jamie uh, I, I don't know is the is the short answer i i really enjoy making videos i enjoy the mm. the structure of them i like shooting and editing and, and all that sort of stuff um so i suspect i would i would still make videos but again it's a bit like acting versus writing you know the writers can write the great novel or the fantastic screenplay but the actors need an audience in order to perform properly yeah. you, know, you, you can do it in front of the mirror but it's not quite the same you know um uh, and thanks to the likes of youtube or patreon or whatever else then then maybe controlling that method of distribution actors can do that too but mm -hmm. it's it's much more to do um, with with making something for me anyway for making something and, and getting it out there and, and getting it seen yeah uh, yeah if I was just making videos for myself then they'd probably be about five hours long <laughs> and incredibly detailed you know I know it seems like my videos are five hours long now but they're really not yeah um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope it never gets to that stage where it becomes like work, um, mm. because you know, I, I just. Really I, I guess you've really you got the advantage now, of course, that you can choose what projects you want to make. That's, yes, that's going to help rather than just kind of going, "Oh, I've got another fitted wardrobe to do." Mm. Yeah, I mean, one of the problems, I mean, in a lot of ways, that was easier because you just shot video on whatever was happened to come through the workshop. That week kind of thing but at the same time if it was another set of fitted wardrobes then you've got to try and make that make interesting because yeah one. that's right and, yeah. and to be honest most fitted wardrobes are pretty much the same in the nicest way there were mdf boxes with slight variations <laughs> in size well, and shape. that's where you have the what's the what's the latest tool from little or Aldi that i can incorporate and yeah i mean that's yeah yeah else. I don't know the the tool review thing. I just I just find them interesting generally. I I I've, I've got to say I I do have a slight obsession with with cheap power tools. 
Uh, and this, we this might stems, have noticed. yeah, this stems from from watching my dad, who who was very capable, um, uh, handy around the house, let's say, mm-hmm. um, but but working with the most inadequate of tools when I was growing up as, as uh, you know, late uh, early mid seventies, uh, and the the I know we complain about the quality of the supermarket saws and all that sort of stuff, but to be able to just go to a supermarket and buy tools that work like that well is just yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. I find a pint it. of milk, a loaf of bread, and a circular saw. Right. You know. Yeah, uh, and an, an, oh, and an axle stand. Uh, yeah, and an axle. Yeah, out of the price point that's affordable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm with you there. My, my dad never really had. I think that the most, the two lessons I learned from my dad about kind of sort of DIY was that, yeah, you can do it. You can have a go at anything. Mm-hmm. And mostly that came out of the fact that we couldn't afford to, to him not to do it, yeah. to get somebody in to do job. But the other one, which is kind of a, a contrary lesson in some ways, was that he never really had the right tools for the job. Mm. And I'm fortunate to be in a position or have been in the position to be able to afford generally to get the right yeah. tools for the job. Yeah. And it just makes life so much easier. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can remember him taking skin off his fingers and knuckles when he's trying to use a spanner that's the wrong size doing some yeah. work car because yeah, he just didn't have it and yeah you know, the adjustable he had or this yeah trying to do things on a car with the stiltons yeah yeah it's, it's just not a not a good move yeah. um but that's that, that's lessons you learn when you sort of, mm. you're sort of doing those sort of projects yeah, yeah. And, and those lessons uh, are valuable too but yeah you're one of the main most valuable lessons is that yeah if you can buy the right tool <laughs> cheaply right, enough get it done yeah yeah it's time saving and it's stress saving and I, I think as well not just the tools but the consumables you know mm. i'll quite happily use a you know a super cheap knackerdale drill but i'll stick a decent drill bit in it and i'll use yeah. some decent decent screws you yeah. know the amount of projects I've ruined where I've I've grabbed, you know, some really cheap, nasty screws that just happened to be within arm's reach because I needed them on that day, and then yes. snap the head off, and you know, it's yeah. always fun, isn't it? Getting those out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, or if if you snapped it, you put in so much force onto it, and you end up just dinging the workpiece, and yeah. yeah. Well, see, uh, like we had a bit we'll one in the shed last week. It was uh, somebody was trying to put some uh, hinges on a uh, an A-frame, and the the screws that had been supplied with the hinges, which were probably sort of eighteen millimeter screws, brass, yeah. sort of brass, yeah, kind of coloured brass. Yeah, electroplate. Um, yeah, they were clearly a posi drive number two sized hmm. but a positive drive number two didn't fit no the positive drive number one because they were too shallow yeah they, they just had to be they had to be not properly formed okay so, now so repeat that. after me rule number one never <laughs> use the screws that come with hinges <laughs> no all the screws that come with bathroom cabinets to yeah no 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 yeah. no yeah but it was just like it was grabbing it was just like it was like oh this bit's not fitting. I said, "Well, I'll try some of the other bits." You know, it was like because it was like 
he was struggling with it. It was just like yeah. when I had a look, he said, "What size is this?" I said, "Well, it looks like a PZ2. There's there's a PZ2." Um, yeah, and I gave, I gave him one because I, I take a few of my own tools with me because I just I know I've got things in my pockets ready to go. Um, but work, and I'm going to sort of chase around trying to find. Yeah, I'll supply a screwdriver bits. It isn't necessarily great, so I, I always have a, uh, a one of those little flip packs. Yeah, with kind of a selection yeah. pack in, in my pocket. So I, I dug out. Yeah, a couple of good ones. None of them fitted. Yeah, really good driver bits. Some, some nice and cokey ones. Didn't fit at all. And it was just like, yeah, that just yeah. some of those other screws. Exactly, exactly that point. Yeah, just, just use some of those other screws. I, I bought uh, back when when Maplin had announced that they were closing down. Mm. So when they'd started reducing the prices first time around, they had uh, a screwdriver that was there that, that really intrigued me. I, I just I had to get it just for what it was because it claimed to be able to fit number one and number two Phillips and Posy from the one driver. Okay. Um, yeah, they're all different geometries. They're not interchangeable. But the result is that this screwdriver doesn't fit anything. <laughs> <laughs> might, fit, might fit these hinge screws. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Is it, is it, you know that, that kind of when you've when you're using something like a, a, a Phillips bit in a posi drive screw, and it, 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 it's just enough you can you can get it moving, but yeah. you know that you're going to have to be really careful. That's what this this driver is like in any screw that you put it against. <laughs> it's that kind of it, it's vaguely enough that if you're really in a pinch and you haven't got anything else that you'll have to make do, but for for anything that you actually need to, and the screw isn't super tight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like if, if I can't just use my thumb, then I might grab this. Yeah. There's nothing else there. Yeah. <laughs> it's more that kind of the joke screwdriver that you hand to someone, you know, yes. in in that moment where they go, I "Need a screwdriver? Yeah. What size? I, no idea. Right, have this." <laughs> I got rid of all my Phillips screws. Mm. Kept machine. Mm. I kept some of the machine box. I've got obviously boxes full of. Yeah, assorted, particularly small ones. You know, the sort of things you get from yeah you know, the back of a computer. Those sort of mm. things. So apart from those, so from in terms of woodworking, I got rid of all my Phillips years ago. It's just such a nightmare. So it's, it's only the drywall screws for me. Yeah. That Phillips, everything else is usually yeah. I keep I keep, yeah. I keep a I keep a, a drywall bit in the box with the yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah one of the ones with the shrouds so that it yeah the little yeah. yeah. Other, other than those, yeah, there's, there's just there's just none. Not having it. Wise man. <laughs> yeah, makes life a lot easier. It just amazes me what people use drywall screws for. You know, <laughs> you start digging through old bits of timber or, or stuff, and you find drywall screws in in everything, don't you? I mean, they just I can't stand them. I I know they I know what they do. I know why they are the way they are. But yeah, I just but can't horrific imagine for all the why people would use them in to put a chipboard floor down or you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the only time that I use them now is if if I if the, the wood is questionable and I need a really coarse thread. Right. Or if I just want it to be a black screw. 
that's the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> aesthetics. Yeah, that's a good yeah, reason. It is, it is purely driver screws. It's light wood on a black screws. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've got. A, I've got a box full. I've got a plan because I had this idea when I was doing the Fools of Tours Treasure Trade. One of the ideas I was going to do was to make a, a piece of artwork. So remember, those, not, the, not the string art that was famous in the 70s where you kind of oh, just yeah. had a bunch of nails and you just had string up. Yeah, yeah. But I'd seen many years ago something where somebody made a an image. And essentially, it was just like a pixel, pixelated image Pixel group, yeah. using screws. And they just painted each screw a different color. To oh, right. So I had this sort of thought of doing that for a for the Fulton Tools Treasure Trade this year. But did you then, did you do the maths on how many screws you would need to yeah, manually yeah. drive in? Yeah. Hey, you look at, you look at the guy, I've made two beds of nails. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> if, you, if you make a bed of nails, yeah, the number, of, the number of holes you have to drill. And then, yeah, just... The, the most important, well, I say most important thing. One of the most important things when making a bed of nails is you have to make sure that all the nails are the same length. Yeah. And if you buy a box of, say, a thousand six inch nails, 150 millimeter nails, whatever, yeah, or potentially 2,000, and you are having to use most of them, you've got to go through and make sure they're all the same length. Because what you don't want is one that's just ever slightly bigger. And it happens. I think I, when I did it, I think I had about fifty or sixty nails that I couldn't use um, on with the rest because it would hurt. Yes, I, I just love the idea of going back. With, you know, you've got this box of two thousand nails, and you go, um, "I don't like these fifty because they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're out of tolerance." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think somebody pulls the British standard off the shelf and goes. Well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> there probably is, isn't there? Probably is a British standard for yeah, 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 yeah. Haven't worked in, haven't worked in, and, a, and an ISO equivalent, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, a, and nailing back will certainly grab your attention, which kind of uh, I can imagine. Oh, what a, what a beautiful segue. segue. Yeah, <laughs> yes, been, taking lessons from Steve um, <laughs> and Rasmus. Yeah, the. Um, yeah, so we've got we get to the point of view. We've uh, for those who haven't kind of worked it out from last week, we, we're changing sort of tack slightly. Uh, we are shortening the the YouTube uh, side of things. We will do our attention grabbers, but then we will be uh, finishing off and going to uh, the after show, which will be available for our A Patreon. member platform. Yeah, for our and how, how do people find the uh, after show, Andy? <laughs> Ah, that will be on. Oh, he's, yeah, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He it's, 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 it's for business. Yeah. <laughs> ah, go to patreon.com, make us waffle, uh, and we'll be there. Yeah, uh, links will be in the the show notes already for yeah underneath the. Wonderful. And are there tears? The 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 or is it all? No, not at the moment. Not really. No. Not really. No. Okay. So uh, so yeah. one. It's low, about generosity. So one, anyone, yeah, anyone. One low uh, contribution gets you the whole. It's, it's the, the whole, whole gamut of contributions. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we'll have to. I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to have another chat with you and take some lessons. Um, yeah. <laughs> member platforms, better use of it. So, in terms of that, that would also be something for grabbing my attention for later on. But uh, yes. I think you're already familiar with uh, the show. I haven't been on a few weeks ago with the. I think so. What's been uh, What's been grabbing your attention? Like? Oh gosh, um, I don't. I don't watch a lot of. Of other woodworking well, YouTubers, it, it, it's, it's it can a be anything, funny yeah. old thing, yeah. Um, yeah. But I do, I do catch up with Scott Brown and Michael Arm, 
um, who, who are both good channels. Adam Savage, I enjoy. Um, but through Adam Savage, I've come across uh, another channel called Wristwatch Revival. Um, I, I am a watch oh. guy. I do like watches. And there are many, many watch-type channels on YouTube. Mm. But Wristwatch Revival is a guy from Marshall. Oh, I'm Marshall. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, he he takes, he just does this for fun. He he strips mm. watches down and services them and re gets them working again. Sometimes he does restorations on them. Um, he tries to keep them sort of pretty original, and it's just fascinating. I say I got learned of it through Adam Savage because he's just bought a digital microscope that yeah. this guy Marshall has because he has this phenomenally powerful, incredibly detailed imagery of, of watch internals. It's, mm. it's, I find it fascinating. Um, I, I agree. Uh, uh, just, just purely mechanical, wrist, mostly wristwatches, sometimes pocket watches. Um, some of them much older than, than you might think. And uh, just a, a, a fact, I've, I've never taken a watch apart and I, it's something I'd quite like to do. To, to just I was just going to ask, is that, is that something you'd like to try at some point? It is. I've I've got a, well, a few watches, and uh, and they're not <laughs> they're not all fantastic. So I, I may well try and the the benefit of having a tinker with one of a watch that I own, which isn't of any great value, is of course that the the movements are fairly standard commercial movement so that you you'd be able to get the bits for them or if push came to show mm. an entire separate movement for, for not much money yeah. if i if i really stuffed it up but it, i think it would be really interesting to have a to have a play with because they're probably wrist wrist watches in particular and mechanical watch movements are some of the most complex mm. mechanical parts mechanisms that you can that you can get pretty much uh, and in such fine tolerances in in, sm yeah. in such in such a small scale as well They're quite yeah, remarkable i don't know if my hands or my or my eyesight is is good enough <laughs> well the i definitely, definitely need to be needing the a, eyesight out doesn't yeah. it yeah. Mm. i definitely yeah, after the, the 2019 um make a central uh I've forgotten his first name. Lowen Designs was there. And he had a kind of a workshop partner whose name I forget now, who was into mm. horology, uh, who was one half of a podcast name of also, I forget off the top of my head. <laughs> um, I, I, I listened to that for quite a long time. Yeah. And it was, it was fascinating listening to them talk about, they were very much into watches and pens most yeah. of watches mm. and they were talking about yeah some of the sort of technology behind manufacturing watches from mm. scratch yeah. literally starting with sort of base metal starting yeah even producing printing the the, the, the dials yes um and it was it was fascinating i, I it was it, um, it was i did look to see about getting yeah if there were courses available Right. <laughs> there are uh, the British Horolog Horological Institute, 
I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, run courses. Yeah, they're not mm. cheap. No, I could imagine not. Yeah, it seems um, And I kind of I looked at the price of it and I thought, that's, a hole. that's not a rabbit hole I can afford to go down. Yeah, right, okay. Right fair. now, fair fair like, stay away from it. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm not into watches big time, but I could be. Mm. <laughs> I've still got. I've still got pretty. Yes. I think I've got every watch I've ever had. Okay, which is quite a few. And nothing expensive. I yeah. think the most expensive mm. watch I've ever had was kind yeah. of sixty yeah. or seventy pounds, brand yeah. new. I, uh, I, I started getting into watches actually quite, quite young. Um, I, when I was, I think it was for my tenth birthday. I wanted a. I asked for a, a dive watch with a rubber strap, and. I, I it came from Woolworths. My one, but, so not, not but, a classic seeker, but many, 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 many years later, I realised that the the one I'd seen that sparked that interest was uh, a, a classic uh, Seiko diver, sixty one oh five Willard, uh, and uh, yeah. So anyway, that that sparked uh, a, a very small, very modest sort of collection. Yeah, I did. Right. I did learn actually listening to that podcast that there was, which I'll I'll, I'll dig it out and I'll put mm. it in the show notes. Um, that you could actually kind of like with those Seikos, you can buy every single part, so you can actually yeah. produce your own custom version. Yeah. Obviously it's and, like and people cool. do, yeah, people do. Yeah. And it's just just something I want, because oh, <laughs> benefits to the audio listeners. <laughs> Taz, who was on last week, has just posted the comment. He says, horology is a time-consuming rabbit hole. Only yes. if you eat them. <laughs> so, but, yeah, so the whole kind of yeah, particular level the Seiko, you can get a variety of movements, you can get a variety mm. of cases, variety of straps, and yeah, produce your own sort of custom yeah. build. That might, that might still happen one day. But I have, yes. a, um, I have a, a pocket watch. Cool. Uh, I have a couple of pocket watches upstairs that were always around when I was a small kid right and one of them particularly I know one of them I believe was my grandfather's yeah. the other one I don't know the heritage of it the other than it was always around but it never worked uh, I believe okay. probably the mainspring and we could never afford you know, yeah, yeah. afford to get it fixed mm. um, but I've kept it and yeah it's the sort of thing that maybe one day yeah maybe I will kind of yeah pick up a pick up a a knackered one from a car boot sale or just yeah. or something and have a go fixing it and, and have a go at it yeah yeah and have yeah. a go yeah. on that one and, and actually get it working yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. really cool be a nice thing to do yeah yeah given that the the uh scale and the complexity and stuff are you both familiar with uh pablo simadavila he's probably butchering his legs I'm, no. yeah jeweler and artist the jeweler in the wheelchair yeah, he's yeah. phenomenally gifted and hugely talented. Um, it does a lot of uh, very, very, very uh, intricate jewellery. And that'll be the same thing of, of just starting oh, right. with some base metals and just we'll go through the process. He's on Instagram. And, um, he's on YouTube as well. He's on YouTube as well, I yeah. I don't think he's put anything out on YouTube for a while. I might mm. be wrong. I certainly haven't noticed anything on my feet so sure a I'm lot of um just small snippets of his process with uh things like ring making and things he's doing some mm -hmm. micro tig on a 
on a ring earlier today. Um, just uh, welding the band together through mm. through the microscope, yeah, and putting all these little micro TIG beads in, and then flattening it all out, and then grinding yeah. it all smooth, and that kind of super precision to uh, to set mm. stones that are like half a millimeter, um, like all the way around a ring. As he's there with the you know the rotary tool grinding out the um, sort of the combs that set in the yeah, just amazing to watch you know, that kind of intricacy and precision. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. Yeah, I'll push that. I'll push yes. a link to that as well. Mm, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very very yeah. cool. Yeah, great. I, I tend to watch um, things that catch my attention. I, I quite like sort of architectural type stuff there's a channel called never too small which mm -hmm. concentrates uh, on yeah, yeah. very small apartments very small some of them are you know only 600 square feet so you know not that small but <laughs> what's interesting about them is they often have some quite nice custom cabinetry in them because they're obviously people are trying to fit as much as possible into a relatively small space so that's a, an interesting one um Australian some channel. Are, some of those are fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I think it's there's very similar, often, but sometimes vastly different. Christian uh, Dixon? Yes. Want to say? Yes. Um, so you kind of visit some really interesting. Yeah, homes. yeah, yeah. 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 And um, Architectural Digest actually do some really some really good videos on you know five types of new york apartment for example and the different sort of how the how the buildings developed and the, the apartment mm. styles these some slightly nauseating um open door things with celebrities and homes of the rich and famous kind of thing um through the keyhole yeah, if you, that's right yes yeah. so if you, you've got to pick your Pick the ones you want to watch. Although I have to say, the one of Lily Ellen's Brooklyn townhouse was really interesting. <laughs> Who knew she was married to the guy from Stranger Things? You probably did, didn't you? Of course you did. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, no, okay. No, not me. Uh, anyway, no, interesting. Always interested. Again, the one thing I do actually miss about uh, about not doing sort of video furniture for people is you don't get to have a poke around inside other people's homes anymore in a in a nice way not mm. in a nasty voracious way but, you know, it's always interesting to see what what other people have um uh, uh, and how their houses are sort of arranged it's, uh, yeah, yeah definitely yeah that's the, that's the beauty of something like airbnb though isn't it where you, that, that mm. ability to kind of you know, just go and stay somewhere yeah and just kind of go i mean, we've we've stayed in a, a place in devon a couple of times same place and it's just like for us it would be an almost perfect house yeah yeah it was space it needed some work it was quite dated um it was rented because yeah the the, the parents of one of the couple uh, who kind of ran it had obviously passed away and right. yeah it, it was it was clean and tidy and yeah it was cheap um and it was you know in a, a fairly good location not a not prime location but just a good mm. location for us close to things that yeah and mm. yeah it's, it's kind of just sort of saying oh yeah this yeah this room you've been like the living room being kind of you know, more square rather than long and narrow yeah yeah and just the difference that can make and yes mm. yeah, just all those sort of little things you think mm, this work for us and yeah 
things yeah. like that. I, 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 yeah, I can, I can understand that. Yeah, not. Yeah, yeah not. Yeah. The the little house that we're renting. Now we've got a building work being done. I've never really thought about it, but our our house has a south facing garden, so you get light, you know, all through the day. Yeah. This one that we're in now is east west, so we get a lot of sunlight in the morning at the All back right. yeah and then you get a lot of really bright sunlight in the front later on mm. but it's like black and white the difference between the two it's just extraordinary we've i've never lived with it I've, yeah we've been in our our house for 30 odd years so it's the only place i've ever lived where i've needed to sort of notice that kind of thing and now being the other way around it's quite stark um quite quite remarkable the difference it makes to you yeah to your day mm. just just where you know i can't it's it's i had to put blackout blinds up in in here because i'm this is my little office and i'm editing in here but i can't edit after a certain time of day because it's just too bright yeah <laughs> can't, can't do it can't can't make color corrections or, or uh, anything <laughs> worth it down if, yeah exactly. I, I, I totally get that when i when i, I want to do my tutoring I, I i use the computer behind me yeah. for that and i have you know different things on different screens depending yeah. on what's sort of happening and the camera is directly kind of in the middle mm -hmm. of the, the middle screen um well at the top of it not directly in the middle but certainly in the winter the room that i'm in and the angle the orientation of the house is such that i have to have the the blinds closed even if it's not yeah. dark mm -hmm. because the light just comes in and it's just you know the, the person does sort of watching me can't see what they they've seen a blur yeah. or they're being blinded themselves by the sort yeah. of light so yeah blinds have to come down and that's for you know five or six months of the year it's just because of that just the angle and the latitude we're at yeah, amazing. it's just yet another reason why you know sink me into a concrete box underground with full you know kind of uh clean air and ambient lighting control and everything else you know let, let me control my environment that that's that's where i'm happy <laughs> sounds good none of this outside air and pollen <laughs> alternate Elth kind of rubbish that, no you know. no <laughs> so what's been grabbing your attention jamie uh i've been actually taking a bit of a chill out and relax a little bit this weekend mm. um rather than the usual kind of pushing to get stuff done so um mostly because of all the other weekends around it are, are very much that. So a little bit of, um, yeah, I've been playing a little bit of uh, the new Zelda game. Um, I've been pottering a little bit, you know, a little bit of leather work today, but uh, I started watching Foundation the other day. It's been on my list for a long time. It's um, uh, an adaptation of Isaac Asimov's Foundation series, which is a uh, book i thoroughly enjoyed um i'm a couple of episodes in so far and quite liking it oh, which streaming platform would that be on uh good question don't know pass <laughs> <laughs> google it's easily it. easily google findable it. on your popular search <laughs> engines yeah yeah i'll uh, i think I it's will... apple tv actually i will uh sort that out. oh because it's just said it's yeah because yeah. Well done, cuz. We'll forgive you for the earlier. Uh... <laughs> Stealing my dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
How about you, Andy? What's been grabbing your attention? Uh, it, uh, it's exam marking season. So, uh, yeah, apart from Men's Shed, uh, which are yeah, carrying on with organisation and we've been uh, doing some rewiring. So we've, we've been fortunate to find a, a, a electrician who will let us do or absolutely help with yeah a lot of the rewiring to sort of keep the cost down. So mm-hmm. put in a, a new ring main and sort some of the wiring out. Uh, some of the some of the, just the organisation of tools is just an ongoing thing and will be for a few more months yet. Um, apart from that, it's been exam marking. So I've I've finished uh, six days early. The first I've, I've, I'm on two contracts this year and I finished the first nice. one six days early, uh, a couple of days ago, um, and then I've, I've spent all day today doing the familiarization marking for the second one, mm-hmm. um, which you don't really get paid for, but it, ah. it's basically going through uh, all the, uh, you get to mark more questions than you, you'll get delivered for the contract. So um, you kind of have to go through and kind of go, yeah, I've got a query about this this thing on the mark scheme. And I think mm-hmm. this should be added and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's a bit time consuming. Um, but it's uh, especially as I was kind of a little bit distracted. Uh, I was uh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, I will have to put a post link to it. I follow a I've been following for quite a bit of time on YouTube a, a professional climber uh, who okay. is Norwegian. His initials are MM, and I can't remember what they stand for. Um, and he, it, I mean, just does, he, he kind of goes to the States sometimes and goes to sort of Venice Beach and gets people doing sort of, you know, challenges to hold things or do pull-ups and the like of that. Or, you know, he yes. disguises, disguises himself as an old man and goes to a climbing gym and, yeah, you know, does He also had Eddie Hall in the He had Eddie Hall, yes, on recently, okay. kind of teaching him to climb. To Marius? Uh, Marius Mottberg? Yeah, I think. It's a Norwegian letter at the end and makes it difficult to pronounce yeah. if you're not familiar with Norwegian pronunciation. Um, but he did a series of, yeah, he did a series of uh, videos where he was kind of attached himself to uh, either the Norwegian army or sort of American yeah, USMC and kind mm. of sort of just testing, yeah, things like, yeah, obstacle courses or yeah, unarmed combat. So I had, what I was marking today, I had that kind of on, on one on my second screen or third screen um mm-hmm. kind of just watching that and it, it, it's really quite fascinating and it's it, very interesting seeing the uh particularly the, the norwegian uh army and just seeing actually how kind of humble and accepting they were and kind of you know learning from him um yeah there was some climbing stuff uh i mean yeah it was interesting sort of seeing how he coped with some of the stuff like yeah, climbing stuff. Yeah, he far surpasses them uh, in terms of the ability to climb, do pull-ups, and the like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he can't. Yes, he can run. He can, yeah, he he can run. But comparing, yeah, running with yeah, fifty kilos of stuff on his back, um, yeah, mm-hmm. on a rough terrain in boots, yeah, very quickly kind of going. I'm extremely tired at this point, um, or words to that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's, mm. it's, it's it's just fascinating just fascinating to see and and to sort of watch mm. it it's entertaining I, but it's, it's good i like see. those kind of crossover things where you like we've talked about before with things like strength wars or things like that yeah. where you have 
someone who's very, very practiced at one type of physical or physicality. Extremely strong, extremely fit guy, but he doesn't do running. So then, yeah. yeah. And that was the same with when Eddie was in uh, in his uh, in his climbing gym, you know, kind of Eddie showing him some of the strongman stuff and you yeah. know, even shifting the weight scales down to, to you know, kind of uh, comparatively for his. It's, yeah, seeing, seeing very well-practiced athletes doing something that someone else is very well-practiced, that is a good kind of eye-opener to say, look, you know, it's the great leveler, isn't it? You know, of, uh, mm. the same way we, we have... You know, woodworkers aren't necessarily great at metalwork or mm. whatever else. You know, that, that kind of humbling and reminder that um, just because you see one person being better than you at something, it doesn't mean they're better than you at everything. Yeah. No. No. Very true. Yeah. So that was definitely mm. definitely a, an interesting watch. Uh, mm. And yeah, just seeing kind of you know, tier one operators in the you know the forces and kind of you know dealing with essentially a, a a tier one professional athlete um mm. and how they kind of you know the swap overs and and uh it, yeah uh, just an enjoyable watch um, yeah i will uh again as always i'll link that to the uh in the show notes um nice. lovely jubbly peter where can people find you i'm just people? always hanging around turning up like a bad penny um you can find me at 10 minute workshop pretty much everywhere um, at 10 Minute Workshop on YouTube, at 10 Minute Workshop on Instagram, at 10 Minute Shop on Twitter because, you know, 15 character maximum. Um, 10 Minute Workshop.com is the website and 10 Minute Workshop.plus is the member platform. But otherwise, yeah, I'm just, I'm just generally around. Always happy to talk. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, we'll we'll say goodbye to uh, the YouTube listeners for now, and uh, lovely. In a few moments, mm. we'll say hello to the yeah the, the, the Patreon listeners. Oh, I did. Lovely. Yeah. Okay. Nice Bye, talking folks. to you. Bye. Cheers, folks. <laughs>